Hello and welcome. My name is Natanya and you are listening to episode two of The Pram Posse. In this episode, we talk to my dear friend Erin about her journey into motherhood with her two and a half year old son, Oscar. We talk breastfeeding, sleep deprivation and some things she wished she'd known before she became a parent. A little note about this episode, we did have um, a couple of issues with sound quality and I did um and ah about whether or not to release or re-record, but I figured this episode, just like motherhood, isn't quite perfect. So given that is what we are talking about, I decided to go ahead and I really hope you enjoy it. Hi, Erin, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Nat. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, now, before we get started, do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, you and your family? Oh, sure. Um, so, well, there's me. Yes. Um, I am married. I've got my husband, Chris, and we have a little excellent two-and-a-half-year-old son named Oscar. Awesome. Um and so we met two and a half years ago um, mm-hmm. through the community mothers group. One of the best days of my life. It was <laughs> one of the best days of your life, that's right. <laughs> um, but that was not the first time we had encountered each other. Well, no. <laughs> um, and I actually feel like the first time we encountered each other was one of those days that you feel like no one really tells you about in pregnancy <laughs> and also highlights how um, every pregnancy and every person is completely different. Yeah. We first crossed paths doing the um, gestational diabetes test. And... Um, you uh, struggled a little bit with that one. I'm I think not gonna it's... lie. It looked like a struggle to you. <laughs> I was surprised at how well I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair call. <laughs> like I can see from the outside looking in how I would have looked slightly sad and pathetic. But for me, I was like, well, I didn't pass out. this. <laughs> <laughs> So for anyone who is pre-27, 28 weeks pregnant, everyone has to take a gestational diabetes test, uh, which is a um, horrible, thick, lemonade icy pole kind of tasting drink followed by, was it three blood tests over a couple of hours? I don't know. I was so spaced out. I wouldn't have to wait. Um, And we happened to walk into the same hospital and um, I uh, sat and did work for a couple of hours whilst you tried very hard not to pass out. Yeah. Yeah. And succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, And we then saw each other walking to our first mother's group and um, my instinct was run because I recognised that face. Uh, I was. I made Chris walk me to the mother's group, and he's like, "Hey, that's why Eddie's a pram. Maybe she'll be in your mother's group." And I was like, "Shut up! You don't know anything." <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, two and a half years later. Yeah. Um. So, was your pregnancy with Oscar planned? To a point. Um. 
you know, we'd been married a few years together, a few more before that. And we yep. thought about having, seriously about having kids at some point in 2017. Seriously, yep. that was that was the solid plan. And then yep. turns out, you know, January was the time to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little earlier than we're expecting, but, you know, looking back on it now, we're very lucky the way that it happened. Yep. Um, so obviously there was no, uh, it, it was planned, but an unexpected surprise yeah. in a sense as well. It all happened a little sooner than we were expecting. Yeah. Um, and did you go public or private with Oscar? Um, well, because we were planning on having kids, I had upgraded my health insurance. It's yep. not quite, because I'd always planned to go um, private. Um, and so I was like, all right, we're going to have kids this year, upgrade my health insurance. Turns out didn't do that soon enough soon enough (laughs) so just paid exorbitant private um, healthcare fees for a few months to realize that it was going to be a waste of my time yeah Um, I had a bit of that was a bit of a panic for me because I I don't know we'd moved down this way and I wasn't didn't know anything realistically about the public hospital um and I was I was quite upset about the fact that I wouldn't be able to have my baby in a private hospital (laughs) But in the end, with, with the best fish and chips on the oh peninsula. Um, in the end, though, it was fine. Everything was yep. I was I was very lucky in the end to be in a um in a public hospital because we did have yep. a few hiccups and we would have been in we would have ended up in the public hospital anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we'll get to um the birthing experience and obviously the things that transpired after that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of your pregnancy. Were there things that you weren't expecting, any sort of big surprises that you thought, oh, I wish I'd known this was going to happen to me? Or, um, To be honest, I really didn't know anything about being pregnant. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, I've had friends who had kids, but it just, just never come up. Just the actual, <laughs> being pregnant is such a strange experience. Um, well, I found it really strange. It was yeah. a lot more painful than I expected. I wasn't prepared for all of the aches and pains and restless legs and that no one talks. No about. one talks about it. The weight yeah. weighing like every night at four in the morning, <laughs> and then not being able to get back to sleep. And then the insomnia that comes after that. Yeah, the whole experience was really out of body. But it was like I, in saying that though, from all. Um, everything I've heard, I had a pretty easy, cruisy pregnancy. Yep, so no major complications or concerns for either of no. you. No. Um, and did you have a birth plan? No. Other than give birth? No. I had, I had big, big plans to give birth naturally and, um, you know, probably have an epidural at some point if yep. it hurt a lot. Um, you really knew nothing about the experience then I was just like I was like oh this will I'm going into a hospital all of these people in the room have seen this plenty more times than I have surely I'll get some good advice Um, yeah and yeah but like I figured one thing I had spoken to new mums about closer to the end of my pregnancy was realistically you can make any plan in the world but it doesn't in the end, it doesn't really follow through. Yeah. 
it's um kind of more anyone who's sort of said anything about a plan to me since then I've kind of said look it's all right to have a wish list but you've kind of got to understand that that wish list um is just that um and there's really nothing you can plan for in my experience in that period of time I would 100% agree with that because <laughs> I didn't I didn't get my my natural birth I didn't get my epidural so that was <laughs> Um, and did you go into labour naturally? No. Oh, well, no. My water, or did your my water waters break? Broke, um, but yep. more of a trickle. Um, yeah. And I went into it. It was very hot the day that my water broke and I was like, well, this could be sweat. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a possibility. And I, had, I did call the hospital because I was like, I'll be responsible. Might not be sweat. And they're like, come in, but just saying, we have had a few women in today and it was sweat. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. It wasn't though. No. No. <laughs> no. So, but it was a strange, and, um, strange feeling, very strange. Were you having contractions or anything at that no, point? No, none. None whatsoever. Um, and so what was your experience then from your sweat trickle to (laughs) you know going into labor or going into the hospital um so we went in in the afternoon I think it's a Tuesday afternoon um to just get everything checked make sure it wasn't sweat trickle it was officially waters breaking um yeah we went to the hospital and, and they popped the monitor on for a couple of hours um and they were like yep cool, that's happened, go home, come back when you start feeling some pain. Um, then it all just sort of stopped. Um, yeah. So they said they could call back on the Wednesday and um, and just they uh, just get me in for another quick monitoring session and just see how we go. Um, so yeah. I called in the morning and I was like, you guys are probably pretty busy. And they're like, we are, we're very busy today. Can you come in much later? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, no worries because... Nothing had really happened. I hadn't had any more gushing sort of sensations. And I was like, ah, maybe what's wet. Um, but apparently Oscar's head had just blocked the pole. Blocked it. Um, so we went in on the Wednesday later in the afternoon um, and then went on the monitor and it was sort of by the time, by the time we were trying to leave, it was shift change. So we were just, yeah, right. just waiting, waiting for the obstetrician to come sign off, waiting for the nurses, waiting for everything. And by the time the obstetrician had come, um, Oscar's heart rate had dropped. Um, okay. So they then decided to go home. So they were admitting. So in hindsight, quite fortuitous yeah. that it was a shift change. Yeah. Missed dinner, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um. And we barely had lunch, so we, it wasn't the best start to being no. in the hospital. Um, and so what the nurses had said to me, or the midwives had said, is that you're, <clears throat> we don't have any free rooms, so we're just going to keep you here. And when one of the birthing suites is free, we will get you in. It's probably not going to be till Friday, though. And, I was like, <gasps> and that was Wednesday. Wednesday. And I was like, okay, so this is what. Oh, wow. Like I just had to let it go and just be like, okay, this is what's happening then. 
So they didn't expect you to progress. Well, if I hadn't progressed, they were to um, yeah, okay. induce me on Friday. Yeah. Um, which all seems very strange on the other, on the other yeah. side of it. Um, but then, then by, by the time I was trying to go to bed, I was getting slight pain. And so had asked the nurse for some Panadol and a poor, this poor other woman was in a bed next to me trying not to make noise and trying not to keep each other awake. And so I think by the time the nurse came and woke me up at 3 a.m. saying, oh, we've got a free room, we're going to go and juice you now, I'd had all of two hours sleep. Yeah, okay. Um, and so then my poor husband had to, He'd gone home at midnight and come home, come back to the, been woken up at 3 a.m. to come back to the hospital, um, at which point we were put on the Syntosin? Syntosin yep. drip. Yep. Um, and at that point I was like, oh, what, how bad can it be? <laughs> <laughs> bad. The answer is bad. bad. No, we'll just be fun. We'll just try the gas. It'll be right. Whatever. Um, that drip is just. <laughs> it's, it's there's no pleasant. words. Um, no. And because nothing was happening, they just kept turning it off. Um, yeah. As per most people, most women who are in shifts um, yeah. can relate to that. Um, so we just, I think it was about, I don't know, about 10 a.m. the next morning, I was completely spaced out I was exhausted I'd been sucking on the gas like nobody's business I wasn't making any sense um and the poor Chris was just shoveling ice at me and the midwives were like how are you going and eventually I had this lovely obstetrician walk in and she's like you should just get an epidural and I was I was like, should I? I don't know. She's like, yep, you should just get an epidural. And so then I just, I did. And it was, I think I was, by the time it kicked in, I was proposing marriage to the anaesthetist and I was so, it was just so much nicer. <laughs> so that was a lovely was experience a lovely for experience. you. I couldn't move anyway because um, because Oscar's heart rate had dropped. I was on completely belted up and monitored and I was on the drip so it's not like I was going anywhere there was no yeah medicine balls and wandering around the room and back massages it was just I was stuck in a bed regardless so yep um and I think because in that sense our experiences were quite similar that was something I didn't expect You know, you, you have this vision, oh, I yeah, guess, you go to the class. probably from the movies. You go to the classes and this is what I tell you is going to happen. Yeah, you're going to be yeah. walking and showering. And... It'll be it'll be moody. It'll be like a cave. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, um, I guess especially with an induction and, and then an epidural, you are just confined um, to that bed, which if you're in there for the long haul, can be very uncomfortable. And because uh, Oscar's heart rate would drop every time I rolled onto my left side, I think. So I was stuck on my right yep. side for, oh, God, a long time. Wednesday night, yep. Thursday. Yeah, all of Thursday. And what um, at what point 
so you ended up having a cesarean. At what point was that decision made? Um, so I I dilated. I dilated to about eight or nine centimeters, I think. Um, so oh wow! Was, okay. It was like it, everyone was just like really ready. <laughs> They're like almost, almost, <laughs> almost time. Yeah. Um, and then they started when it was really close. They like started moving me around, and so it was about I think midnight. Thursday, so early Friday morning, um, that his heart rate just—he just became distressed. So, yeah, and so the epidural had worn off as well. So I was back to yep. being in pain. Yeah, good times. Um, and it was that—it was a classic movie experience where his, his heart rate dropped. All the lights went on. Ten people all of a sudden in the room. We didn't really have much of a choice. Yep. It was sort of like we're getting baby out now, yep. so that's happening. I had a little bit yep. of a cry about it and then was like, oh, well, <laughs> this is what's happening. Yep. So, bad luck. Um, and I think I was so tired by that point. It was just like as long as we're all safe, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they, they talked of... Um, knocking me out because they're like, oh, we don't know if a nerve block's going to work. And I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, that's where I'm No, going. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, you just make, make the next lot of drugs work so it can be present for yep. at least this portion of it. Um, and I was really lucky I was. Um, it was one of those ex- out-of-body magical experiences that lasted for a few moments and then all of a sudden all the drugs kicked in and I felt like how I was having a mild seizure. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't yeah. it? And I think at that point, once you've you've had the centosin, you've had the epidural, you know, they've been pumping you with fluids and stuff, obviously yeah. for an extended period of time, then you have a spinal and all of the other stuff that they put in there so that you don't get nauseous and this doesn't happen and that doesn't happen. And you've got so yeah. much adrenaline. Oh, yeah. And then they lift that baby out, Knock and all of a sudden, crash that... on you. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember being wildly um, happy, like just so happy, like strangest sensation I've ever had in my life. But mm. yeah, then then it all just sort of went away, and I was like, oh god, I feel like I'm gonna throw up, and I don't know. And so they just took Oscar off and gave him to Chris. So um, that you did get. Skin to skin yeah. straight away. Well, the yep. version of yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and so he was all okay uh, as soon as he when was he came out, born. He was fine. He was a bit snuffly, but yep. they were like, no, no, it's all good. Um, and then when I went into recovery, and he went into the nursery with Chris to do their skin to skin, it all went a bit pear shaped. Yep. And that snuffly turned into not breathing right, turned into um, – I actually don't really know. I can't really remember all of the things that happened. But he ended up in special care um, for a couple of days because they were worried because my water had broken on the Tuesday and I had him on the Friday. They were worried about sepsis, um, the possibility of infection, um, which all came to nothing. He was just snuffly. Like as most C-section yeah. babies are. Um, so he had three holidays of antibiotics that were unnecessary, but 
that's neither here nor there when I have a healthy two and a half year old. So, yeah. And you were obviously able to stay in the hospital yep. with yeah, him. Um, yep. He was in the nursery, and I think that was almost it was a, because I'd had the C-section because I was so exhausted after the the birth. I got to have a solid night's sleep. Um, I remember yep. being after being coming out of recovery, trying desperately to get some. Um, God, what's the pre-breast milk stuff called? Colostrum. Colostrum. Um, being awake in the middle, like trying to get colostrum out so that they could give Oscar that first um, colostrum feed through syringes. Again, because you don't yep. know any different, was just like, okay, this is what we're doing. That's fine. Um, mm. Looking back on it now, so strange. <laughs> so strange. So strange. Um, but then I just slept. And they said, if we need to give him formula, is that okay? And I was like, if you need to feed him, he needs to be fed. So I don't, I don't really care if he needs to be fed. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so he had three days in special care and I had a midwife with me most of the time, like one-on-one time when I was with him. Um, so we were really lucky. I got lots of help with breastfeeding. Yeah. That's awesome. got lots of help that we probably wouldn't have had. Um, and, like, I was in a shared room with another new mum who'd also had an emergency C-section. So we were a ball of laughs. <laughs>, um, <laughs> um, and she really, like, she struggled. It was hard for her um, because it's hard for everyone. Breastfeeding is really difficult. But I was yeah. just weirdly blessed in that um, I just had that extra help and support at the time. And um, how long did you go on to feed, breastfeed uh, Oscar for? I breastfed for 14 months, I think. 14 months, yeah. Okay. And do you feel like that extra help at the very beginning um, really made a difference to your ability to do that for that extended period of time? It made me confident that I could do it initially. Um, yeah. So yeah. I went home feeding. It wasn't an easy, the first three months was hard. It was like I had lots of blocked ducts and sore nipples and cracked nipples and bits falling off here and there. (laughs) Um, But you gave me the confidence just to be like, no, I can do this. This is actually happening. He's putting on weight. It's fine. Um, So you just, I don't know how I did it. I don't know how most do it just push the pain barrier and Hmm. carry on um it's amazing how something that is you know for all intents and purposes the most natural thing in um humanity is actually possibly the most difficult and i also like you know i feel like we we probably possibly don't get as much help because we're often told that it's meant to hurt um, and I don't think it's meant yeah. to as much as it does. <laughs> like, I don't think you should be like, you know, weeping with agony. Like, Toe curling. Forcing out blocked ducts and, you know, I just, I don't know. I think that there's possibly more that we could learn 
I don't know how, I don't know, support somewhere that we could get. But but it is what it is. Yep. That's what people um, Do you think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think there's enough support um, in hospitals, especially for first-time mums um, well, trying to I, breastfeed? I think Oscar in a really busy maternity ward. Uh, and they were particularly busy at the yep. time. They were really, they were very busy and they were understaffed. So we, yep. and like I listened to the girl next to me, whereas I had probably two nurses that I would come into contact with in special care. Um, and, and she had a multitude of midwives um, and bank nurses come through and try and help her. And everyone had the best of intentions. Like everyone wanted to help invariably the advice was different <laughs> like every yeah everyone was like oh this is what you should do this is no oh no that's not quite right and this I could just I was listening to it and was like this is so confusing like it was poor mm. poor and she was um like a younger woman and I was like oh my god so she wasn't sort of raising her voice to say oh someone told me something is there anything you would do differently um, in terms of, you know, I guess it's one of those what you know oh, now yeah. situations? I probably get more help. Like, because, yep. Like, I've, um, there's help out there. Um, and there's it's certain things I had no idea that there was, like, like and, and because I suppose I was also feeding Oscar, he, like, I just knew that he was putting on weight and everyone that I spoke to was like, if he's putting on weight, you're doing a good job. So no one really talked, no one really cared about the fact that, and that's like obstetricians, midwives, GPs, everyone was very happy he was putting on weight. And it's not that they don't care that you're in pain. It's just, they all expect it. Everyone expects Mm. you to be, it to hurt a bit. Um, So they're like, no, you're doing a good job. So but I feel like if there is, there are, you know, services out there. So if I would probably just get more help next time, like someone to be like, yeah, hold him slightly differently, or lean forward more, or lean back. Yeah, up. okay. There's more You're not supposed to have bleeding cracked cracked nipples yeah. for weeks like and weeks and weeks have on to end. Take painkillers because it hurts so much breastfeeding. Where is the strangest place you've had to breastfeed? Well, it's not breastfeeding. I remember being at an engagement party and um, expressing milk into a toilet, hand expressing milk into a toilet because my breasts are so full. Um, with with my friend chatting out, <laughs> like just chatting in the same toilet stall whilst drinking a glass of wine. So that was a very strange experience. It was a very bonding experience. She was hilarious. Did- <laughs> had you ever envisaged that was going to be in no, your future? No, no. But she's currently pregnant now, so I'm excited about a similar experience with her. Yeah. Well, and hopefully she won't have to go through some of the things yeah. that you went through. Oh, it's hard though with new mums. I think everyone has to sort of. You have to have some of the hard times to sort of. I don't know. It's hard to take that advice initially, I think. As much as people want to help you, it's hard to realise initially that you it's okay to get the help and it's it's really okay to take advice and 
ask for more and I think we all, we're all expected just to mm. be maternal and women and figure it out. Well, I think also um, that a lot of people aren't shy in coming forward with the advice, whether it's asked for or not. Um, and as you said about the midwives and the nurses, it can often be quite varying um, advice. So I think it's quite important that you find a couple of people that you trust um, and, you know, who you can talk to and, and they may not be able to help you. They may be able to point you in the right direction though or it might just be someone who can say, oh, no, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> or, yeah, mate, suck it up. True. That's part of it. Um, and I think we have probably gone, um, oh, what's there? 365 days in a year. So seven, you know, close to 750 days where, um, every morning there would be a text about how our <laughs> night was. <laughs> And and that's not because, you know, we were doing anything fun. Um, it was just, you know, how many times were you woken up last night? <laughs> um, so, you know, the second most necessary function we have being sleep. And, again, it is just so elusive in those early few months or as we've learned uh, those early few years. So hard. Um, do you and I think there's kind of two components to that one is getting a baby to sleep and then also what sleep deprivation does to you as a person do you think um, so you know feeding and and sleep obviously two big things and they're often the first things people the first things people ask like oh how are they feeding how are they sleeping um and not that question. I think that, yeah, not that I think it should define a child, but I think until you're really in it, you don't really understand yeah. just how. Big that how um, yeah. It's like, well, that's my entire world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you find sleep in those well, early days? Because I said Oscar was jaundice. So they, I went home from the hospital and they're like, um, you need to feed every two hours um, to clear out the jaundice. And I was like. And how long were your feeds taking? A long time. It it all took a long time. Yeah. So I was, I was awake almost constantly. And, and bless, like I would, yeah. some some women can sleep when the baby sleeps and they're like ace. But I, every time someone would tell me just to sleep when the baby slept, I was like, I was so tired. I was like, oh, I'm just going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, it's such a kind thing that someone's trying to say, but it, it's, it's also it's not practical like how are you meant to stare it's not practical they're still breathing if you're asleep <laughs> which was like which is fine because the first couple of weeks you are living on adrenaline and love bubble and happiness and joy for this little mm. human that you've made and 
and none of that really bothered me to like because I was like oh breastfeeding really hurts oh I love it I love it so much <laughs> um and it was it was all of it was new and exciting and it um I don't know it was all it was all just it all had to be done at the time well, I think you kind of expect, I think that's probably the one thing you do expect that those early weeks yeah. are going to be pretty sleepless. I just don't think you necessarily expect that's going to. And even if you, even if someone says <laughs> yeah. it goes on for nine months, if you haven't been through that, you have no concept of how long that time span is. Because it's not like, it's not no. like a regular nine months for, you know, someone who gets eight hours sleep. That nine months is like 24 months because you're awake so <laughs> yeah exactly and the rest of your life doesn't stop I think I, so I went back to work at, um Oscar was six months um just on the weekends yep um and so I was expressing in an office at work and I remember some days I would go in on a Saturday and as most women who go back to work after having a baby, working's not hard. Working's very easy. After having a child, you're like, I can yeah. work. Work is fine. Um, but I remember going, yeah, yeah, it's like a little day off for you. That's a holiday. Um, I would go into work and I'd be like, oh, I've had five hours broken sleep. Sure, the coffee will be fine. Coffee will fix this. Um, but it was, yeah. it was tough. The sleepless nights, there were many tears and tantrums and panic attacks about how tired I was and how I was going to get through the day Mm. Um, and then at the end of the day how I was going to get through the night. Um, And so we both kind of had a a sleeping breaking point around the same time Um, and I went off to sleep school. We went to sleep school. (laughs) we, we all went to sleep school, obviously. Um, and, you know, obviously that's a really controversial topic. You know, you, you're either believe in sleeping oh, yeah. as far as I see it or Everyone you don't. Um, and, you know, yeah, and look, hats off to people who can nothing. survive on Because some women can. Nothing. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like I just know, that, you know, our boys were born a day apart. You know, they are very close, so we've spent a lot of time together. And I have always been able to tell the days <laughs> they have and haven't had good yeah. sleep because they are different. <laughs> um, probably more pronounced now that they're toddlers, um, but. You know, they were also just much happier babies. Which was, I, d- once I don't know they were why sleeping it was more. such a shock to me. But that, like classic mother's guilt. Then I felt extremely guilty that I hadn't been more aware of it. So I'm like, oh my, he's just, mm. he, he's, he's happier. He's more alert. He's more engaging. Um, he's not as teary. Uh, like I also wasn't as teary. Um but those those first few months after getting some proper sleep, then I then you get to look back on it and feel guilty about how long you let it go that he wasn't sleeping properly. But again, you yeah. didn't know yeah. what you didn't know. There's plenty at the of time. things that you can feel guilty about. Isn't it? Uh, well, it's an endless list. Yeah. 
Endless, endless. Um, and look, as we said, obviously everyone oh, yeah. chooses to, you know, treat treat sleep in their own way, and it has to be what's right for you and your family. Um, but you know, I certainly found it a life changing experience. Um, and I I just think we were all happier. Drank less. Um, it was more yeah. for enjoyment rather yeah. than need at that point. <laughs> Um, so just moving on so much stuff out there and everyone, you know, you have your baby shower and you get a million and one beautiful, lovingly selected gifts. Um, and you know, everyone has an opinion on the things you do and don't need. What was the most useless piece of baby apparatus that ended up in your house? Such a waste of money. Yes. Pillow. <laughs> I think I spent a hundred dollars on it. Like I, I bought one. Someone had told me it was amazing. I was like, maybe this, yeah. maybe this is what I need to make it not hurt so much. The magical pillow will change my world. <laughs> not waste of time. Um, what I found with the pillow was that it was only useful once they were heavy enough to actually kind of weigh it down yeah, a then bit. I'd, like, you'd just and by then you didn't need it. Somewhere and forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what was the most useful? The thing that I had, the most useful thing, thing you had. had. Yes, you. Um, Aside from me, by far. Um, but other than other than you, was my the breast pump that I bought was. Um, and on, I bought yep. this breast pump at like, I don't know, 2 a.m. one morning because I vaguely remembered that a midwife told me it was a good brand and I had hugely engorged breasts and I was just like, nah, nah, I need to do something about this. I need something about this situation. <laughs> I need help. Um, and it was a, it was a <gasps> Spectra. It was, I can't remember. I think it was a Spectra. And um, it was a little travel size one. So, and yeah, okay. like we, I don't know, it was just, it was travel size. So it was perfect for me. We're at home. Like I just used it at home, like a ring, you know, regular people would use a breast pump. I, did, I never needed to pump full time or long term. So I didn't need anything hospital grade, which is yeah. very lucky. And if we were on like a five hour trip up to a Chukuro Wodong where our families are from, I could just then use a bottle and feed Oscar in the back of the car and we wouldn't have to stop and it was just, yeah, I don't know, like it was the best thing, weirdly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely had a few um, on the freeway trying to subtly express without all of the cars passing by, wondering what's going on. Not driving. As a passenger, of course, not trying to express <laughs> and drive the car. We've both got two-and-a-half-year-old boys and I'm finding this age, whilst in some respects the most challenging, um, <laughs> because they are developing, you know, little headstrong personalities. It's also the most entertaining because, so you know, they're discovering imagination. And what age have you found um, the most um, challenging so far? I find this age the, the easiest, 
exists in, yeah, I would say yeah. in the last two and a half years, this has been the, the easiest. Nothing's easy in a sense, but it's, it's, yeah, it's all relative. Yeah. The, this would be the easiest. The hardest would be seven months because <laughs> that's when we had a, we had a, yep, like at, before seven months, our school would be up once or twice at night for a quick feed and then, and that was for a while. I probably had a month or so of that and I was like beauty this is great we're doing really well now I don't mind this and then seven months we went through a sleep regression and I don't think we went to sleep school till nine months Mm -hmm. um and so that was two solid months of just crying and wailing and I just remember coming like getting that, that first week sleep at about ten, like nine and a half, ten months, and just being like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it was like that. That was the, the crazy, who am I? One of the harder things that, and it was a strain because it's a strain on relationships, and like it's not just hard for me; it was hard for mm. my husband and like our relationship and our family in general and our work life. And yep, we were both walking zombies, and I think it would have to have been the hardest. But now it's yep. the best. It is. I work in a community setting, and I have lots of people telling me that that this is two two and a half. This is the best stage. Two is stage, and yeah, I, I get that a lot. Can completely well so far. Like I'm sure everything everything is different, and it's all the best stage for a different reason. Um, but from zero mm-hmm. to two and a half. You do you get back a lot of what you put in, which is amazing. Yeah, and you know, as we said, it's also it, it is a challenging oh, yeah. time too because they they are learning so much, um, yeah. and their and feelings are so big <laughs> all the time. So brutal. Um, but yeah, I definitely think there's a, there's a lot more, um, reward. Yeah. And if you could pass on one pearl of wisdom, um, to someone who isn't as far in the journey as you, Um, what would it be? For some reason, um, when I had a baby that it was something that you could be good at. Um, so like, I'm just, I would find myself thinking in the early days, I'm just not good at this. I just can't, I'm just not good at it. Um, and then at some stage, I don't even remember when, at some stage in the sleepless hormone suit wildness of the first couple of, not the first couple of months, I would say probably first six months, I was like, oh, hang on, this is a person, this is an individual person. Yeah. This is not a job or a sport or this isn't a skill. This isn't something that you can be good at. It's something you just need to keep trying and do your best and love the baby, love yourself, just carry Mm -hmm. on. And it was a a weird realisation, but I was very happy when I came to it. I was like, huh. Oh, everyone sucks at this <laughs> at some point. <laughs> at some point. And everyone's amazing at, at some point. I really, really like that. 
Um, and I think you've also yeah. got to take into consideration like, that you're learning person. too. I just assume it's like, oh, I'm a smart person. I can figure this out. It's just it's not something that, that works. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. <laughs> and that was very hard to come to terms with. No. <laughs> and I was figuring that part out. And you do not no. try to recreate something. No. Because what worked yesterday might like not work today or tomorrow. Best. And oh, also, they're probably cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If or all else teething. fails, throw a layer on. It is the answer for everything. They're probably cold. <laughs> not eating, not sleeping. Or teething. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. I will let you get back to Oscar and Chris now. And um, hopefully this podcast is a wildly successful and we get you back on to talk about five-year-olds. Thanks for listening to episode two of the podcast. Join us again next time where I'll talk to another mother about her experiences of pregnancy, birthing and parenting. If you are enjoying the podcast, please feel free to subscribe or join us on Instagram at the underscore pram underscore posse. See you next time.